ready to go. Good to go. Do Do you go by Andrew at all? Yeah, uh, AV is like a Binghamton local thing. Really? That's cool. I don't think anyone in Pittsburgh calls me that. AV just uh, uh, just comes off the tip of the tongue so so well. I'm just like that's like it's just so short and condensed. I just re- always think of it that way now. Yeah, it's it's easy. It, there's no reason not to call me that. But I answer <laughs> pretty much anything. That's cool. Does anyone ever call you Drew? Not usually. That's cool. It was like one person that did i think for like a year <laughs> it was like all right that's like someone calling me Theo. like pretty much yeah in a way your your name's got a lot more phonetic punch so i think it's it's got room to be broken apart <laughs> yeah it, it's got the the hard second half yeah exactly well thank you for making the time to hang out and shoot the shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm stoked to play with this and figure out how to make my setup work, too. So it's like a win-win, really. Hell yeah, dude. I just got a phone, a laptop, a speaker, and a mic. It's it's working. But you got the, it up. Dude, you got the underglow over there? That shit looks tight. I do. Dude, I got all the colors you could want, too. Let's switch it up. Damn, that is just so sick. Except green doesn't come through on my, uh, like my camera washes it out. It just puts it on as white. That's green. <laughs> and it's like a bright green too. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So th- those are just random LED lights that you just put up in there? Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's like a, a ribbon strip that you can buy. But you just, con- just controlled with a little controller here. Oh, that's cool. I bought little LED lights just like that for my setup but they were round little round pucks yeah and the batteries died mad quick these actually plug in uh, that's probably a lot sicker it looks a lot sicker. And then, then they trim to the size too they've got like little sections where you can cut them without it messing up the electronics in it dude rgb led lights are fun man i really think yeah. that. i have a, a keyboard that's like that i don't have it plugged in right now though but yeah, I geek out a little bit about that shit. It's kind of cool. It was fun. It, I mean, I know you want to talk about the desk situation anyway, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, From one nerd to another. It was like... one of those, like... I think they were, like, 15 or 20 bucks, and I was like, why not? Yeah. They look sick. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I see people with, like, even, like, nice little white... There's, like, these monitor bars you can get, you know? Yeah. I see some shit like that. I'm like, damn, I didn't even think of that before. But now that I saw that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. Yeah, I like, like the backlit monitors and everything, too, where you yeah. just put those RGBs on the backside. Oh, that's cool, yeah. I don't have those. No. I just have, I got a ring light and I got my, my underglow. That works. <laughs> Sick. You're um, broadcasting out of your office right now. Yeah. Um, is a little guy far enough away that you can have a podcast and not wake him up kind of situation yeah 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 he's in the the upstairs and not directly over top that's awesome but even when i was at the apartment he was in the room right next door yeah and we would do like late episodes he's been a really good sleeper all the time that's cool how old is he he's a little bit over two too that's cool was that one of the things that you were like um 
thinking about when you were looking for houses is somewhere where you could have space? Yeah, you know, I've, houses is a funny topic. So mm-hmm. I've always said that I either wanted to live right in the middle of the city where everything is going on mm-hmm. or all the way out in the middle of nowhere where I can do whatever the heck I want. Right. So I bought a house in a cul-de-sac. Right. With a, a medium to small backyard. <laughs> Perfect. And not in the city. <laughs> and and what caused that? Just uh, just the way the cookies crumble kind of thing? or? Yeah, I mean, shopping for a house has been like an ongoing process for us. Mm-hmm. Like a long time. Yeah. And we were shopping for a house up in New York before I ever moved down here. Mm-hmm. And then like we were about to put an offer in on a house and then scratch that idea like two days before I got a phone call from Pittsburgh that was like, Hey, we heard you don't work at this company anymore. You want to come work with us? I'm like, I'll take an interview and see what I think. Mm. Pair it with a rotting trip. Yeah. So, I mean, everything worked out, obviously I'm down here now, but it was kind of funny because had I put an offer in on a house two days prior, None of this would have happened. Now, what, comparatively, what was that house like? Uh, it's, I mean, very similar to this one. Okay. Uh, there were like a couple we were looking at. The thing I found from house hunting is I don't like anything. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree uh, with that. It kind of parallels the discussion you had with Lawhead. Mm. Where he's like, yeah, you know, you're like looking at stuff online and it looks nice and like when you start talking to a realtor and seeing stuff it's not what you thought so that was my experience was like everything that we thought looked really nice yeah you went into and you're just looking around and you're like i'm not buying this problem yeah yeah you're like for 30 years or however long you get your situation set up for it's like yeah. man ugh, like i don't I, that's a lot um have you ever like browsed around zillow at all yeah, me and my girlfriend, we started looking at houses a little bit ago, and uh-huh. um, we decide, we found this one place that just happened to have an open house Sunday, and it's right in like one of the most scenic areas of Harrisburg, so we're uh-huh. like, fuck it, let's just go check it out. Like The, the photos looked awesome, because Harrisburg's like a, got a weird spot where it's like, it's none of the, there's like one set of houses across the river on the other side of Harrisburg that's not even technically Harrisburg that looks at Harrisburg that would I would imagine would be like luxurious kind of sort of nice homes and then there's like the homes downtown that are on the waterfront that kind of look posh and super nice and those are like the two little areas that I would say are like the I don't know what you would call it like the the more scenic areas like the more pretty looking houses Mm -hmm. and uh, this one house was had an open house and we went and, go and checked it out and it was like the lady had lived there since year 2000 and it showed like she was so settled into it it was so sick because it was like some thought was put into everything like oh man I'm I'm so sick of the sun coming from this one window when I'm in the bathroom or when I'm washing dishes that she put like white doily shit over the windows or something you know yeah and, it was, and the house itself was so dope but um Long story short, because it is on the waterfront and Harrisburg has had a flood within the last 10 years that it's, you have to have flood insurance. We're, we're not, 
we're not really, really ready to make a move on a house like this crazy or anything. We just really wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, flood insurance. And then, you know, her and I are talking like, yo, if water levels do increase like at all, like, and they have in the past in Harrisburg, it's very real. They yeah. have, you know, so it's like, fuck that, you know? Well, cause, cause Harrisburg's right on Susquehanna river, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right next to it. It neighbors so it's, the street. That's the same river we have up in Binghamton. Yeah, so, really. Like, I'm assuming 2006, 2011, you guys had probably the same or similar floods we had. I think we had one after that, like 2012. Okay. Maybe something like that, too. I don't know. You might, it might be the one you're talking about. But, yeah, it definitely did flood those, I think, both years. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Flood insurance is no joke too. It's so expensive, and then you're like, "All right, it's cool that you'll let me insure this house against floods, but do I want the possibility at any moment that everything that I've accrued through my entire life can just be washed away quite literally?" Yeah. Like no amount of insurance covers the sentimental side of anything. No, not at all. No. But um, did you have to get uh, flood insurance for the property you got now? No. That's no, good. Or, like, off in, in the hills. That's cool. Um, but, no, the reason I was originally asking you if you even looked on Zillow for anything, mm-hmm. you can kind of see a lot of those pictures are all Photoshopped, or they're, like, super colorized. Instagram filtered kind of yeah. shit. Yeah, and you're like... You can almost tell right away when you see them after you've looked at, you know, 10 different houses that way. You're like, yo, none of this is good. Especially thing is going to be a nightmare when we get in there. Oh, totally. Yeah. And especially when they're not consistent with their photographs. So like the colors are real saturated in the first three and the other, Mm -hmm. the other six were maybe taken by like somebody else or some shit. My favorite ones are when you look at the pictures and they're blurry because someone was just walking through, like, snapping pictures. They never never could even bother to stop and, like, frame it up and take the picture. They're sprinting through the house. Like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. some of them look like. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy, though. But um, you, you ended up settling into the place and kind of you added on to it a little bit there? We didn't actually add on. Yeah. Um, there was, like, a... I'll, I'll talk about the porch in a second, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to answer your question about how we ended up picking this. Yeah. Place, yeah. Sorry. No, it, it's cool. Cause I bounced you around first. <laughs> um, we looked at it on Zillow and we're like, that one, like it looks okay, but we've looked at everything else. So like, let's go check this one out. Mm-hmm. And our agent was like, you're not going to like it. She goes, everything I can see on it, there's no storage, there's, you know, there's just not a lot of info, there's no storage, you've said you wanted storage, um, I don't think you're going to like it, but I'll take you out, we can check it out, and we came in, and there's one whole room that's just nothing but shelves that they didn't have pictures of in the posting, and they didn't list it, that it existed, so it's like a huge overflow area. And then we come around the back in this office room I'm in, which, like, you can't see the whole thing in the the frame here, but it's a pretty good-sized room. 
Um, I actually have room for like a person in a chair on the other side of my desk here too. Yeah, I think I've seen the shot from the other angle once or twice. Yeah, so like it's a good sized room. That wasn't listed or shown in the the mm-hmm. posting, and there's a full workshop where it used to be a garage on the other side of my wall right here. Damn. That wasn't shown in the the posting, so it's like you didn't post half the house in that, quite literally. Is the person that told you that you wouldn't be interested in it also the one that posted it? No. Okay. No, no. She was our realtor that we had been working with anyway. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I just don't think you're going to like it. And then when we got here, she's like, I'm going to eat my words on that one (laughs) because this house has way more and they did themselves a disservice. Yeah. All she had to do was go check it out. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but it's like funny. The ones you don't think you're going to like are usually the key. Yeah. Because they're not all doctored up and fake. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to check everything out. You never know. We, uh... The last apartment I lived in, my bedroom looked like a dungeon because there was foam, foam blocks on the whole fucking walls, like all four walls. And the room was actually shaped like a diamond. It had like a sun painted in metallic oil paint on the ceiling. It was bananas. That's awesome, though. Yeah, at first I hated it, and I was, like, trying to get the rent cheaper because it's, like, so crazy and, and weird, and we were like, yo, let's rehab this. This is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, my point is, is, like, in the little Craigslist post, it didn't look like anything crazy. It just kind of looked like normal, but then when you got there, you were like, what the fuck kind of acid room is this? Like, <laughs> like was this a sex dungeon or something? Yeah, you and you never know until you go check it out yourself. It's, it's wild mm-hmm. but um no we never added anything up so we bought this house and like the day of closing we mm-hmm. were doing our walkthrough yeah and i'm like walking on the back porch that we'd been walking on the whole time we looked at it so i'd been here three or four times in between then and and uh that mm-hmm. that day yeah and i'm walking on the porch and it was like if you put any pressure at all down you could go right through it in certain spots. And I'm like, dude, I swear it wasn't like this. But it's all freshly power washed and everything. I think they blew it apart with a power washer trying Ooh. to clean it up. Because oh. it was old wood, for yeah. sure. But I think they finished the job, basically. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was like the whole porch was bad at that point. I'm like, it, whatever. You this know, is a back we'll porch? It. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, all I got to do is, you know, it's like 20 deck boards or whatever. I'll pull them, whatever. Just replace the boards. That's a project and a half. Uh-huh. That looked like I put an addition on the house by that point. Uh, I redid that porch. Knowing that I should have done it in the first place, like, real well, I ripped all the deck boards up to just do those. In the process, it had, like, older style way that they would have put the the uprights on mm. and they were like toe screwed into the top so i had to take the uprights off for the railing and uh they actually weren't screwed in like the wood was so rotted that they just picked up and went off oh. wow. so i'm like all right cool i'm gonna have to redo the railing too at some point <laughs> so i did my whole deck boards whatever did the whole new step put the railing back on 
temporarily. Went and redid the stairs down because those were pretty janky too. And as I was doing it, I'm like, these aren't good. Like all the stringers were cracked and broken, and I had to like scab them in with other pieces of two by six in a lot of spots. So I kept scabbing it, and I'm like, all right, this is really bad. I should cut new stringers. I just don't want to. Yeah. So finished all of that, went back to put taking the railing off. And when I was taking the railing off the stairs, it snapped the stringer and my stairs fell. And I'm like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me, dude. So I took the other stringer that wasn't broke, traced it out, rebuilt the stairs completely. And, uh, you know, like all the, the boards that I had cut and everything, they were skinny. Yeah. Because I matched the stairs that were there and just redecked them. Yeah. And they were technically, like, too narrow for code. Oh. So it just it turned into a project that could have been avoided. I could have just done it right the first time. Right. But I was trying to keep it easy, and yeah. like I didn't move in there, move in here, planning to spend a few grand on rebuilding a porch. Yeah, because so, it's a big porch. You saw pictures of it. Yeah, it's substantial. <laughs> when those stringers broke, that was all that broke, though. Everything else stayed together. Yeah, yeah. It just you like couldn't really climb it at that point. And then you, so you replace the stringers and and the uh, step, the little, the step decks or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I just rebuilt the stairs completely. They they were all kind of trash. So you still have all the all the smaller step decks still. I did. I burned them all. I was, like, <laughs> oh, running out of room. Yeah. Well, it was all like pressure treated, and it was all five quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's only one inch thick. It wasn't good enough for ramp building. Dude, you could you could have made like some kind of weird tranny thing out of it. I wanted to, <laughs> but I also wanted to get my project done with. Yeah, you're probably pissed. Like, fuck it, burn it. Well, we we were coming up on like it was the end of October that I was finishing that up. Mm-hmm. I'd moved in in August, so it took me a month and a half or so Damn. to wrap that project up. When you only get to work an hour and a half at a time, so yeah. I was like getting home from work at five thirty. Mm-hmm. getting home eating setting up my tools whatever yeah and working yeah. until Ryder went to bed because i can't be running the saws or whatever oh True. back so i got like an hour and a half every night on it before i would have to like pack everything back up so it was a an interesting one damn um we were talking about building stuff in your um in your porch your back porch did you have you had experience with making shit out of wood before that? Only skate parks, so like my deck building is overkill, I would uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> like the the deck that I would build is not the deck that you you need to just walk on. Okay, wait, so did you like use like good braces and whole, all kinds of crazy industrial shit, or you mean like? I didn't actually rebuild the substructure on it. Okay. Only on the stairs. So, like, the stairs are so far overkill that it's insane. Mm. They're, like, comical. Like, you can but, ride them if you wanted to. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, But, like, I did not mess with the structure on the porch, which may come back to bite me based on how bad everything else was. Mm. The, 
probably would have been quicker and easier to rip it off and rebuild it from scratch. So there's like metal brackets from like the from the uh, concrete that maybe goes into the ground to the wood. There's like there's the vertical upright posts, and then there's some like hanger brackets for the cross supports. But yeah, there it's not all that good on the porch itself. Mm -hmm. The uh, the like railings for the the stairs and like the footer and everything are concreted in, though I did do that. Mm -hmm. But I was actually kind of happy in the long run, like getting into the house and having a project that I actually know how to do. Mm -hmm. That's a cool thing. Not being like, oh, great, I don't know what I'm doing here. Which is a lot of it. I'm not an electrical guy, as an example. Mm, yeah, that shit seems so sketchy. Like, you can really electrocute the shit out of yourself. Yeah, it might be fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, was like... I, I actually plan to uh, just dick around with that for a while at some point in my near future here. Like, figure out electricity and wiring shit I I've done some before but I've never done like just kind of on the fly like hey I need to throw an outlet here let me just go get all the parts and put this outlet in that's cool though never had to do that I've always done everything with like a pretty solid plan that's damn I mean I, I can't do that shit that sounds crazy that's that's my hope though is to just like go buy some parts and just figure it out Dude, you're definitely, you know, inclined to do so. I, I, I see it just from the underglow from your desk, dude. If there, if there's a will, there's a way. You know, you're gonna, <laughs> you are gonna deck the halls. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> fun. And so you custom built your your whole desk setup too. Yeah. Uh, I had like a little corner desk in my apartment mm-hmm. that I hated from the day I bought it. And I have a really sick desk at my parents' house from when I lived up there. Mm-hmm. And every single time I sat at my desk in my apartment, I'm like, I freaking hate this thing. I just want my old desk back. Right. So uh, I took what I liked about that old desk, and I took what I kind of liked about the, the desk I had, and I made this one. So it's really the key is being deeper. Because mm. the like corner desk from the store is just shallow. So if you had your computer on it right. and a keyboard, you didn't have any room to work. Exactly. That's how my desk is right now. Shit like I work from home a couple times a month. Not any like drastic thing, but mm-hmm. like I normally got to lay some stuff out and have drawings in front of me and you know not be shuffling everything around just to sit there. Yeah, not all the work is happening on the computer. There's things existing outside of the realm that you mm-hmm. need to be able to do. Like... Me personally, I like to have about enough room for an eight and a half by eleven. I can have it in front of me and like look down and type if I need to. Yep. And if I don't have that room, it just feels crammed. But dude, yeah. it it looks to me like you built a whole a low hanging kitchen counter, like a low like basically. Yeah. I forget what the exact dimensions are, but I think it's like eight feet wide on the back side behind me that you can see, and that wraps up and it's 10 feet long up to here (laughs) and then it's like five and a half or six feet out to the end here Mm -hmm. that way i've got like an aisle i can walk through to get in and out 
So it's kind of like a C shape. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. But it's there's enough room. Like I have another chair here. Yeah. Someone else can just like sit right here and work at the desk with me. That is so tight. That's something I would have never thought of until I saw that. But it yeah, it works out pretty sweet. It's overkill. <laughs> it's comical. There's six monitors on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. You got you got a couple of computers hooked up to it all too. Yep. Next time you're out here, you'll have to come by and check it out and just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Take a selfie with the underglow. <laughs> Dude, check out my mouse. Um. Yeah, a nice vertical one. I I love it, but I've been uh been using it I think improperly, and I've been kind of. Be- been feeling a little bit of a tinge in my wrist and i think that's from not having the desk deep enough at home and at work and you end mm-hmm. up kind of pivoting on the on that pinky palm of your hand instead of yeah. moving your whole arm Dude. i had to get one of the like little wrist mouse pad or the wrist pad things yeah uh, last year i think it was does it help out it's, yeah it's just the one at work was like really messing with me mm-hmm. and I don't know I mean I think so but half the time it just rotates its way out of the way anyway and my wrist not on it so <laughs> uh, what but yeah of... I haven't had issues is it just a regular mouse yeah mm, that's cool yeah I, I had I don't know I've used so many different mice mm-hmm. I used to have one of the ones that was like a hybrid of your vertical mouse where it's just slightly canted. Yeah. And I didn't like it. No. And I don't know what it was I didn't like about it. It might have just been that mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. I was that was what I was thinking about maybe going to next is like maybe I should go to a hybrid or just figure out how to move my arm correctly. A little bit of both. It's it's definitely all in the setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like you you're gonna be on that chair no matter what so you're gonna figure out what doesn't hurt the most as mm-hmm. fast as you can pretty much i do have like a an ergonomic desk chair i'm pretty happy with but that's nice yeah i'm stoked Looks i like bought this got... gaming chair and i'm not sure how i feel about it yet dude you're in the cockpit right there i know the the biggest upside to me is that the armrests pull out of the way. They just fold up. That is, yeah, I see that right now. That is very sick. So, like, right now I'm in the pocket on my desk corner, and it's cool. Right. It's easy to just flip them up. I just, I, mine are okey-doke. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Gaming? Why is always the gaming shit the best shit? Because you're in it for the longest period of time. Yeah, because you're doing it for pleasure somewhat, I guess, too. Yeah. I, like a, I mean, you can get a nice, cushy office chair, but they still kind of suck, and you pay like $800 for a really high-end one. Exactly, yeah. It's like, he, yours looks like you're about to drive a NASCAR. It's so tough. NASCAR, right? Yeah. <laughs> like leather feels like it sometimes dude that's tight i mean i've I've had times where i did not have a couch so i sat in my desk this tempur-pedic desk chair as if it was my couch nice 
and because it, it definitely beat the lawn chair that I had <laughs> otherwise to sit in and watch Netflix. <laughs> Damn, I feel like I need to be up the. <laughs> but shit, dude. As as that's I, I haven't used like my couch for any games or anything in like a year and a half now. You just play right there. As soon as Ryder could move, he started turning my Xbox on, so I had to move everything into my computer room at the apartment. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's where, like, all of this started. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, like, once, once my Xbox was in there, I'm like, dude, all I need is a camera, and I'm, like, set up to stream off my computer. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was like, well, all I need is one more camera, and I can actually do the podcast thing I've been thinking about. <laughs> so it was like... It paired really well together. Yeah. But yeah, now it's spiraled out of control. And I'm <laughs> now I got my underglow cockpit and I'm ready to roll. I know. Ready to go. Dude, that's tight. And so did you have to start baby proofing the house because he's just going after everything? At the apartment, it was a little bit tough too. Yeah. Because like you can't screw in locks to your cabinets or do anything so you got to get like the kind of crappier ones Uh... and then it was easier to get like this little corral thing and it's just like a six section gate and we would just break it into sections and use it as like a large baby gate across the openings and just keep him in Mm -hmm. his area until we could teach him like hey don't play with this Mm. but um, like we had baseboard heaters there Ooh, so that yeah. was really the only key was, was like hey man you can't touch these or you're going to burn yourself yeah hot um, we didn't worry about much you know you put the little plastic caps in your outlets and call it a day but I couldn't wall anchor anything like cabinets and anything like that you can't just like go and screw into your wall yeah I guess not, huh? With the way renting is. Yeah. Which I got so hosed getting out of there, it doesn't really matter. I should have just drove holes anyway. Yeah. Some places. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I knew what the lease said. Right. So. Yeah. Basically. I had only shopped for houses when it was convenient that it would have overlapped ending in the lease. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm missing out on the ones that I like, and I'm not finding anything I like, so I just need to break the lease. And I, that's what I had to do. I had to break the lease, so I just got hosed. Could you have sublet somehow, too? I guess it would just yeah. be a lot of work. No. Uh, it Not in their complex. No. Because it was a... It was a large complex. It was not like a, a house that we were renting or anything. Mm-hmm. Was, we were on the seventh floor of a nine-story building with 19 apartments per floor. Oh, wow. So it was a, a hard no on subletting. But um, getting getting to the cul-de-sac spot is still like a nice big jump from there. Oh, yeah. So do you look at, do you look at this house as maybe like the starter house to the next house everyone always says that like you know get your first home or whatever and it's like i don't know i'm kind of a like just keep the same thing you got kind of guy yeah 
I've, I've, I, I don't like to be wasteful, even though like selling a house isn't wasteful. Yeah, I don't like normally feel the need to trade up. Um, right. This house has three bedrooms plus this office area down here. So like I'm pretty set as far as room goes at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a hard thing to tell. I've been thinking, I've been using this excuse for things lately. Like basically it's cool till it's not until a point where maybe you have a second kid or maybe your kid gets older, you know, it starts to feel, the house starts to feel smaller somehow. Like, yeah, it's cool till well, it's you not. just accrue stuff. Yeah. It's, I feel it's, it's like a non-judgmental way of just kind of approaching the inevitable, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's a little far out there. And, and living in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. So you're like, I, I think that's perfect though. Like, this this will work for now. Yeah. And and who knows what happens in the future? Because it's like you could you could be like living in this house and have your mind on something, that, and then you want to really grind towards it. But little do you know, if you just didn't worry about it and didn't burn yourself out, there's even a better option out there. It's like that you wouldn't have that you wouldn't have solved because you were grinding too hard on the other house. I don't know. Yeah, right. That's probably a little confusing. But um, if people are listening and they're wondering why we're all talking, it's 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 uh it's because of the Grindworks jams, really. Um, I think you guys approached me, or I approached you guys one time, and uh, I've been <laughs> sticking around ever since. I I'm pretty sure your first initial interactions was probably with Cam, actually. With who? Cam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cam. Cam Turner. I know he was doing a lot of, like, prep work for the Binghamton Jam. Yeah, I think he reached out. That's what it was. And that was probably... It wouldn't have been this year, and it wasn't the year before. Mm-hmm. I think it was, the, like, three years ago. Because mm-hmm. that's when he was, he was, like, pretty heavily involved in helping out with that jam. Was in the last couple of years, he's been, like, really busy and had some other stuff going on that he couldn't really be that heavily involved. But yeah. at least he gets to come out on jam day and run the hype train <laughs> and get some bike riding in, so. Yeah, he he's good at um, using the megaphone. That's good, because I don't like to. <laughs> yeah. Like... Like, you meet people, and you're like, you know, you ride with them, and then, and then everything's cool and everything, but and then you see somebody with, with a megaphone, and it's like, oh, shit, like, I th- it's, it's just awesome to see somebody be able to take charge like that and, and create, like, a good time. And, um, and then he hands off the, the megaphone to you guys, and you it's like, what's it called? I don't even know the word for it, but, like, it's more democratic, I guess? I don't know. We're like... There's no, there's never ever one key figurehead to the jam. It's like Andrew's taking part of this this part. You know, Cam's doing this part. Mm-hmm. He kind of leads like the the daily activities and the special activities happen. I think you announced the product drops or the product th- toss. Yeah, I think it's been like a little bit different every year, but yeah, true. Yeah, like I'm I'm cool with being on the microphone. Or megaphone, but it's definitely not my deal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he likes it. And then also down here in Pittsburgh, Brad likes to, to house it. So Brad Gibbs? Like, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's sick. Like, all right, man, you, you take it and you run with it. I'm good with that. Yeah. And you know what? Shout out to, uh, what's this face? Um, damn. The homie that rides for fit. Uh, Cam Gervin. Yo, he, he was getting everybody hyped up on the megaphone at the Pittsburgh jam. I was, I was stoked on that, yeah. you know, cause I, that was yeah. my first uh, interaction with him at all. And like, I didn't know anything about him and it was cool that somebody who's kind of like out there and, um, in the spotlight was also interested in getting everybody else hype and everybody else do shit. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was screaming, just look at me or anything like that. And, and no, but I mean, let's be real here. His riding does that for itself. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Dude, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. It's cool to watch. But, um, dude, this year with the fucking swords and the axes, that was so <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, HCS is just like chaos. It's, it's, it's like Bad Luck 13, but with a little bit more BMX. <laughs> <laughs> and less live music. Yeah. And maybe debatable if, it, if there's more or less blood. Uh, I think it's more organized. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like everyone take turns with this axe on this vehicle, not like, <laughs> I'm going to swing this axe in circles, don't get in my way. <laughs> But but the one dude wasn't there a dude this past year that was wearing a kilt that was like doing some kind of like three sixty swing slam into the car. Maybe I'm making up the kilt remember. part. Maybe he had a, like, a ponytail remember. or something. I don't know. I, it got loose. He had some form though. <laughs> but we were all getting scared that if the axe got loose, be be far enough away. Well, I know the the head broke off of it when my brother was swinging it. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. That's when the the axe ended. I don't even know. Like, did it get stuck in? No, no. It's just like it must have cracked a couple of times, and then the one impact it just like bent the head off. Hmm. So it's not like the axe head came flying out anywhere. No, no. It just it was one hit away from flying off. Though, mm. That's for sure. So he caught it. That's good. And the sledgehammer was <laughs> uh, like twenty pounds too heavy. Yo, so <laughs> <But> not. <laughs> I don't know if you saw any of those clips of Angus throwing the hammer, yeah. but yeah. like his his first like two or three times that he throws it, it looks freakishly fast. Like he had a whole lot of energy. Bef- right before he got gassed, it was like scary fast how hard he was throwing <laughs> that hammer. <laughs> I, I just like that Angus comes into all that stuff super hyped. Yeah. And then, like, when it's like, hey, man, here's a complete free-for-all release. Do whatever the heck you want. His level of hype goes to 12. Yeah. Like, skips 11. <laughs> and you could just see it when he first started swinging it, that it was, like, the best moment of his life. He's, like, the human version, like, the real-life version of, like, a Hulk, you know, like... 
Yeah. The hi- once the hype reaches a certain level, he's he's like inhuman. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Um, what else was really dope at the jam? I thought was um, the ring with the water. Mm-hmm. The sprinkle feature. I think I overheard Derek say, like, yeah, we were going to do fire, but it just kind of felt like it was too hot out, so we figured out how to do water yeah, with it. Yeah, that's what we collectively discussed and then agreed on, was, like, because that was a ring of fire. Like, we've had it set up that way plenty of times in the past. Oh, wow, okay. But, you one, you burn through po- propane super fast. Mm. So it's, like, cool for, like, a, hey, we want to do something right through this right now. Yeah. But you'll you'll spend a tank of propane in like five minutes. So we're like, let's not spend the money on that and let's keep it cooler. That's so awesome. I, I was like so impressed when I saw that. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. We got a <laughs> ring that you can bunny hop through that's throwing water like it's goddamn Dorney Park. This shit is so it, sick. It's so funny how wet you got when you jumped through that thing it was like instantly soaked the yeah. volume of water that hit you yeah it was like more than you think you would get yeah you're like oh it's just a sprinkler and all you jump through it and you're just completely drenched yo i was terrified to bunny hop through that <laughs> dead ass i was like yo if i case this and like the top of the ring hits me on the head a, I busted this and ruined this time for everybody, and B, I suck and I just couldn't fucking do it. I was like terrified. You know how it was the first time we had it as a ring of fire? No. <laughs> it, it was like that. Just terrifying. <laughs> and everybody jumped through it? We had, we had it set up with kickers through it. Like mm. little mellow wedges. So it was like less, but also you couldn't hop that high. Mm-hmm. So you had to do these like low skimmer hops through it that were weird. Yeah, that's probably scary too. So was this year the first time you had to actually bunny hop through it? I, it's the first time I've had to bunny hop through it. Uh, I haven't really gotten to play with it that many times though. Yo, Angus and Gunny both wanted to barred through it. I was like, you guys are fucking retarded. Like, what is going on? It's the wettest grab you've ever had. Yeah. I'm like, what made you think, take my hands off? Come on. Kids these days. Yeah, but it's those dudes, so. <laughs> yeah. It's not a surprise. <laughs> they, they get down. Yeah. Um, do you have any um plans for um, this upcoming year? I haven't done anything with it yet. Uh, it's a little bit early to start planning it, and mm-hmm. the reason I say that is I typically wait for the Pirates schedule to come out so that I can make sure that the Pittsburgh one is not on a home game weekend. Gotcha. And then I try to keep the two jams two weeks apart just because it's, like, easy prize-wise and everything. Yeah. But I, it's always historically been two weeks. It doesn't have to be two weeks. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't like touched base with Derek to see when he's good for. Yeah. <coughs> if he even wants to do it, you know. Yeah. I assume he does, but uh, he's had some issues with like that parking lot is getting more and more haggard every year. The grass parking lot. 
No, just the the black op is like all crumbling. Oh, which I think is cool and adds to the aesthetic for the jam. But like from a skateboarder and like being a functional skate park standpoint, it makes it pretty tough. Mm. Could you raise money to like resurface it or something, or is that out of the? Yeah, we we could. Mm. Um, he could. It'll be one of those things that like when you look at the area that it would take it would probably up in the like 10k range would be my guess yeah. mm-hmm. and that would only be about his half of it like down in down in and like up to the ramps and stuff gotcha. and then like the rest of the lot would probably be almost another 10 that's that's guess yeah. guesswork numbers but uh like it would be cool to do it i don't know what the plans are I don't know if, if he – I've talked to him a couple of times about it. He's, like, looked at it, looked at having it done, mm-hmm. gotten some estimates on it. Um, a lot of it comes down to, like, is there a reward, like a return on that investment for him, or is he going to dump that and then the park sits vacant anyway? Right. That's a good point to bring up. Plus, like, he's transitioned from being a full-time skate park to being, like, a full-time fab shop mm-hmm. that has a skate park. So it's like, as his work picks up, I don't know if he wants to be at the park all the time. So that's, like, another follow-up question. Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I guess as long as bikes are on it, we probably, bikes probably wouldn't mind as much. Yeah. I don't think it would be difficult to raise some money for that, but I don't think we could pull 10k. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it would be easy to pull one or two thousand maybe by like local interest and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely. But maybe that's enough to offset and like poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, he's got that ball corner in the back. That shit's so sick. So fun. Um, you mentioned to me before. I think you and Cam might have said this. Um, about kind of having a bunch of BMX brands vend at at these jams. Mm-hmm. And I really got charged up by the idea. I think that's really badass. Um, it's just so cool to see some like real, it's like all the DIYers come out and, and you know, it's like a, like a gypsy trade show or some shit. I don't know. That's what I like it to be. Yeah. Um, I guess I look at it more like, there's all these, I'm going to just call them second tier brands, whether they're second, third, or just not in the limelight. But like people like us, you, uh, Nowhere BMX would be a good example. Like they're out there, but I would say that their influence is more regional than national or yeah. international. Yeah. Uh, Tables and Fables out of like the Boston area, uh, Dead Crow Army, like anything like that size is what I'd like to see supporting our jam and those are the types of jams i like to support as well Mm -hmm. um mostly because you know like when you buy a product or a shirt from those dudes that like it actually matters yeah and that it helps so like you know trying to pull that together and give a platform for them to be seen because obviously they canceled it this last year but um inner bike is no place for a, a second tier company to be right where else would you get any you know platform or recognition to show your stuff off right yeah uh, 
there's Cabda now, which is not all that expensive. What's that, Cabda? It's regional little trade shows. Oh, okay. Um, they do a West Coast, a Midwest, and an East Coast. So I think the East Coast one is in March this year in New York City. Or it's technically probably Jersey. Jersey. I, I think it's only like 1100 bucks for a 10 by 10 booth, which wow. isn't horrible. Yeah. Compared to probably the like seven to 10 grand for a 10 by 10 booth at Interbike. I didn't even know is that. Okay. It it's ridiculous, but that's why like you'd see a bunch of people posting up a booth, but it was actually in their warehouse. Yeah. Because anyone that wasn't there didn't know that they weren't at Interbike. <laughs> make it till you make it. <laughs> uh, like Volume did that. I know the year I was out there. Hmm. Volume had a booth on their Instagram page, and everyone was like, let's go find the Volume booth. And it was like a joke at the show, because they weren't there. Didn't Animal do it out of their hotel room once here? Probably. Um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but a certain brand with a really uh, influential comical character behind them was showcasing products at the local coffee shop near the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> Why but even go to common. Vegas? Huh? That's common, though, yeah. to hustle it like that, because the, the booth price is too insane. Yeah, I mean, if you can travel around with a backpack full of product to show everybody... And you mm-hmm. can take down emails and phone numbers, then that's and it. not get caught. That's it. Yeah, that'd be a cool um, under the cover video to try and make one year. Mm-hmm. Attempt to sneak an inner bike to network. <laughs> Check out the sprocket, well, man. Even even to like walk the show. One, it was pretty hard to get access. Like I had to look through all the ways that I could get into it. But without having a bike shop to, to pull you through, it was like 600 bucks, I think, just to walk the show. Holy fucking shit. But, you like, I pay? was out there. That's the price I was out of there for my anniversary. Or not anniversary, um, uh, honeymoon. So we we just gotten married, and we flew to Vegas, and I'm like, it's Interbike this week. I, you're going to hate me, but guess what? <laughs> it was... It was at the hotel, like, two away from us. I'm like, we're totally going to that. It's not really a question. <laughs> That's crazy. So you were trying to basically recreate this in a, in a on a smaller key level at the jam. I, that's what I would, like, like to see it yeah. be. Because it's the perfect space to not have to charge anyone to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't need to charge for booths or anything because there's no accommodations there's nothing special like show up and table it like a typical punk rock zine fest or something yeah maybe maybe bring a canopy or a bucket hat or something Mm -hmm. that's it the electrical contractor that's in the same building has so many wire spools that you can just like get all the tables you want oh yeah the wooden the wooden spools yeah which are like the best merch tables, by the way. They're round. There's no sharp edges for anyone to catch on and like knock shit over. 
Yep. <laughs> They're the perfect height. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, uh, those those are sick. But no, I I would love that idea to really take off. Unfortunately, it's only been like a handful of dudes every year, which isn't really bad. But mm-hmm. last year had more than I actually thought were gonna. Because you set up, we had ours set up. Um, Seven Bike Co. had a small table. Uh, Bob from Buffalo had a table. I'm trying to think. I feel bad if I miss anyone else, but I feel like I'm missing someone else. Hmm. E- either way, it is what it is. Um, I think his his branding is like 648 or something like that. Okay. He had bar ends and some other cool stuff that he brought. But yeah, I can't remember who else might have had a table. Dude, that's even sicker if it's some brand or even just bike parts that some dude makes. Even if it's not even a brand or like a thing. like Yeah. Because you can't get... If it's something you can't even buy online, but you can go to the Grindworks Jam and you can get a really sick-ass pair of bar ends for anything you want to put them on you know like yeah that's badass like that's that's value in like looking at it from a different kind of sense so it's like you're adding value to the goer the the person there to the guest you know i'd really like to see derek be able to to table it with some of the stuff he makes and does but i know that that day typically has so much going on for him mm-hmm. that he needs to like kind of buckle down and focus on it yeah but yeah, he he has so much awesome stuff too that you really wish he could be out there. Well, you could even, dude, you we could table it for him, you know. Sort of. Or what if you said, what if you had a table that like everyone, everybody was able to keep their eyes on, and maybe you take the item from the table to uh, the grill to check out. Like yeah, uh, like say he made some nice little little statue item. Maybe it's a sconce, maybe it's a candle holder. It's like this little something portable enough that you can carry. But let's, let's think of it mm-hmm. that way. You could carry it over to the grill, be like, all right, you know, there's a little paper tag on it, says something, how much it costs. Like, I, I could see that happening because you got to go over there to make a payment, anyways, and don't they use the card over there? Yep. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I just like that idea of like promoting. It kind of seems like it's the theme for me lately anyway, that it's like not as much about the stuff that I'm doing as much as like the scene and what other people are doing. Dude, it, it's a group effort and, and it, it seems that much cooler when it is a group effort, you know? Cause I know uh, Rafa came down the year prior and had a breaking free booth. Yeah, that was tight. Uh, he was unable to make it last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope that we can lock down some some good tabling dudes and have a nice spread. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, the more the merrier. It would just make it that much doper. Like it'd be it'd be sick if like the BMX food dudes came down and like set up their own table. Maybe they had like a like a who runs team weed challenge or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um. One of the things I wanted to run past you was um, uh, 
a bottle cap challenge. I wouldn't mind throwing that out there for the jam. I'm I'm down. I saw that in your little notes that you sent me. <laughs> I'm I'm just you know, it, it took me a lot of tries to be able to hit a bottle cap and I want to see if anyone else can. That's that's really all that's about. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no, I I've seen you've been trying to get that done on on the yeah for a minute. Yeah, maybe I'm asking too much, which is probably the case. It's like you come up with these ideas and you think they're cool, and then like you realize no one responds to them, and it's like, oh, is this whack or is it just too hard or what? But I. I don't think it's whack. I think it's probably like so niche that you can't just do it. Like one, you have to be thinking about it ahead of time so that you're somewhere that you either have a bottle or you like kept a cap from maybe the night before. Yeah. And then you got to be like just out cruising like let's do this. Yeah. I don't know. Camp. It feels like maybe it's too much planning for like a short attention span or whatever. Yeah. But to throw some out and be like peg chink these caps right now. Yeah, first one that peg chinks this gets a pad set kit or some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever would be motivating enough to get some get I mean, I would give somebody twenty bucks if they could do it. I just want to see somebody else do it. Yeah. And shout out to Tyler I think that, Styles. That for... might be a cool way to do it, is put some cash on it. Mm-hmm. Cash headset, no matter how sick, is not as motivating as yeah. cash does for people. Dude, I'll gladly throw out cash for that. that. Maybe that's what I'll do this year. But um, yeah. Shout out to Tyler oh. Styles, who's he did hit it, but he 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 put his peg into the ground and then slid into it. Mm-hmm. But it was a direct hit. He didn't hit it with his tire. So I want to give him a shout out because he was yeah. able to at least do that. And I think he possesses the ability to hit it dead on, and he's just letting it, letting it sit and see if anyone else does it. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, are just <coughs> super eager, super hungry, and, and that's fine too. You know, if Tyler wanted to do it, it's not like I would have thought he was super hungry. But I appreciate him. You know, letting seeing if anyone else can do it. He he yeah. got as far as he wanted to go and. Well, or at this point, it would be like, all right, cool, man. Just get it done then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you've had that out for like a year at least. Yeah. Uh, Summer will be a year. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I could try and, you know, I could try and call out Simone or some shit, but he might (laughs) fucking put me in my place. (laughs) Yeah. He might bar spin into a bottle cap peg chain, and then I'd be like, well, fuck. All right, well, then raise the hype. Yeah, yeah. I might have to do that. I'll tag him in the the post and see what happens. I think that's maybe what you do with don't don't blow your load, so to speak, on the 20 bucks on the peg chain right away. Yeah. But, like, we throw it out there and, like, peg chain this bottle cap, and then as soon as someone gets it, it's like, all right, it's best trick into it now. (laughs) Low key set it up to get one up. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a way to go too, you know. That's... The bar is feasible, but man, that catch and then the lean that you got to throw in is gonna be wild. It, it's it's 
yeah, it's it's a little much. It's probably similar to trying to grind around the horseshoe rail at ACS. Like if you had to bar spin into that grinding around that. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, anyone uh, if is... you're good enough to do it, does it make a difference? Is my question. Yeah. If if you're good enough to throw that bar, does it make the rail harder? No. It makes your skill of bunny hopping really fast and being able to lean. That's it. Mm -hmm. After that success point, it's the same. Yeah, if you can throw the bars fast enough, it going that fast into pegs, the fact that the rails curve doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you just held on. Your <laughs> controls there. Yeah, it's just gonna hook you in. I'd say that as someone not throwing bars into that pegs. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us were abstractly thinking about it, I guess. We we had a contest on that a handful of years ago. Mm -hmm. Probably would have been five or six. And it was uh, the Dale Earnhardt Turn 3 Challenge. And oh, it was, my God. It was a set period of time, and who could get around it the most times in that period of time? Ooh, that's cool. So, that was pretty cool. I ended up pulling it, I think, three times in a row. What? Which was wild. Yeah. But that was not our jam. Okay. I think that was maybe Ryan Swartz that, that planned that one out. Damn. And he hasn't come down every, every time I've come out. He hasn't come out. He's stopped by... I know I've seen him there, but I think at this point, pretty much whenever he makes it into town, it's like, all right, this is cool and all, but like, I'm going to go see my family and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I get. Because every time I go up there for that jam, I blow my family off because I've got like 20 people staying at my parents' house and we're riding bikes. Sorry. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Swartz is a cool guy. It'd be cool to hang out with him again. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, being as a, as a father and a house owner and, you know, a company owner, you know, a jam thrower, you know, does riding feel more important or less important now that you have so many responsibilities on your plate? I tried to figure out how I wanted to answer that question. Yeah. Um, since you did send them to me and I just like... I'm a little bit lost on it because I know that I'm riding less mm -hmm. and like by less, I mean like I get out still one or two times a week. Yeah. So not horrible. Yeah. And I'm going to, I do this on my podcast all the time and I always follow it up with a joke that like, man, they ought to be paying me for this spot, but like shout out to the wheel mill <laughs> and their updated pricing style and like oh. any parks listening pay attention to this that park is $45 a month membership and I can ride all I want but I'm on a 12 years 12 month subscription so like they'll charge me that 45 every month for the next year mm -hmm. but $45 how can you beat that you, you if you go four or five times you've made your money back if you go twice, it's 30 bucks a session, dude. Oh, shit, really? 
on a weekend. You pay 15 more bucks and you have a month pass? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I can't co-sign this hard enough. Yeah. Go. So, like, it's kind of rough, and I get it from, like, business standpoint. It's like, you know where your dollars have to be, anyone running a park. But when your, like, park is $10 and you're charging $100 for a month pass or something, like... I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense. But, like, paying a membership to a, a park and then also getting, like, a discount in the shop and whatever at the same time, like, you're paying for what you're valuing out of that. It's not necessarily that you're valuing that session, but right. you're valuing the community and you're valuing the park in itself that you have one. Yeah. You're valuing a whole bunch of other things that are maybe not even measurable or like something that you would directly pay for or be able to directly pay for. Yeah. Community. But when you think about like how many people do you have to lock in at that rate? I don't think it's I mean, I bet you it's a high number for them because that building is an entire city block. Yeah. When you look at like what does it really cost and what do you need to make? I'm sure it's not that many people mm-hmm. to be paying that and then you're that covers your baseline and then anything coming in from like a family that comes in because you figure a family that comes in for the weekend or something maybe they'll spend one day there mm-hmm. but if it's a family of four and they're just traveling and they said oh this is a cool place let's check it out it's 30 bucks a head for two adults and two children Children are less, but I don't know at what point it breaks. Um, and then if they didn't bring bikes, it's like bike rental, bike rental, bike rental, bike yeah. rental, helmet rental, helmet rental, helmet rental, helmet rental, yeah. uh, snacks in the shop, you know, all all this stuff. Like, that's the money maker. Jackpot. What you're seeing is your baseline. Yeah. So I think it, it makes just tons of sense. But, yeah. dude, for... 45 a month like i don't feel bad if i go hey it's 8 30 at night it's going to take me a half hour to get down there and they close at 10 so what yeah exactly i'll go catch an hour and it wasn't like throwing money away yeah so in that sense like this makes it easier mm-hmm. at least at this time of year mm-hmm. but um i think it's more important to me because i don't get as much of it like when you Right. When you're saturated and you're younger, you've like ridden ten days in a row. You're like, I don't know, I'm just gonna like not today. Yeah. And I don't feel like I ever get a day where it's like I'm just not gonna. I don't, I just don't feel like riding today. Yeah. There's days that that is a question, um, in the sense that like, man, I should really be at home doing this, but I've got two hours free so i'm gonna use it right yeah and there's there's the other side of that where you're like all right i'm gonna come home and do all this tonight and then like i'll be leaving work and i'll call rachel and be like hey you need me to pick anything up she's like you should go ride your bike tonight i'm like (laughs) i'm not ready for that but um all right i'm gonna make that work then sick (laughs) those sessions aren't as good for me Mm -hmm. when they're like dropped on me like that i don't get to like plan and think about it and be like hungry for it all day oh right some premeditated but, yeah mm-hmm. but no i mean it's 
every bit of riding at this point is like not losing tricks right or than learning or doing new things mm-hmm. and that's kind of frustrating yeah you're kind of always chasing chasing the what you used to do kind of wagon but one thing one thing I, I I'm definitely not a good bike rider and not talented by any means but I just like riding and I always feel like I try to do something new every time I ride even if it's like the stupidest littlest thing like oh nolly up a curb but nolly up a curb where it's like opposite or whatever like anything any little tiny thing I'll try to do new kind of like the lowest least effective dose maybe is a good way to put it like mm-hmm. yeah but just to give you something yeah like the laziest form of progression possible <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much I like it and you know and, and some days you gotta know not to push it at all like if I got you know I got hurt not too long ago and I haven't been running that much so yeah don't try too much shit right now don't don't push this don't push that just just make sure the wheels are greased right now that's all you need to know right now yeah air out a little bit that's all and then next time you come around when that feels good then maybe try some shit yeah i've been the last few sessions i've been just riding the spine more because it's not that i'm not good at it Mm -hmm. like i can ride it fine but i haven't ridden the spine in years Mm -hmm. and uh coming back to not always look at it and just go i guess i'm gonna ride this i want to not be in that mindset i want to be like yeah i want to ride the spine today yeah so i've been like kind of working at that a little bit but Mm -hmm. mostly since uh johnny was down here when we did his podcast on on my show Mm -hmm. i don't know something about it like nothing feels right Mm -hmm. spines in general no yeah i don't know bike maybe Mm mm-hmm jumping doesn't really feel good on the bike that i'm riding it feels like for me it feels like uh i have like i can get away with a i can feel more rusty grinding than i can riding transition like i can't like i can't get away with as much riding transition yeah like you can still jump stuff you can still do things but like to have that kind of weird comfort and not even feeling scared ability i feel like comes with only repetition and time I'm like seasoned yeah because you don't want to be riding at 10 all the time right you don't want it to be like every session every time you hit these box jumps or the spine you're like right at your max comfort level you don't want to be doing that you want to push past that so that when you hop on and you're like gonna ride that you're riding at like a four maybe five max mm-hmm so that when you crank it up and start doing stuff, you're only up to like a seven. And you're still <laughs> in like 95 to 99% landing area. Yeah. You're but in a like, nice comfort zone to turn up the heat. Riding at 10 is how you get hurt all the time. Yeah. Riding at five and not warming up is how you get hurt too. <laughs> yes. I, I still am not good at that. I still won't like stretch properly before a session. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, I'm ready. I need to. It just doesn't happen. Mm. Kind of that like hour long session thing. You're like, how much time am I going to waste warming up? <laughs> Dude, it's just a couple minutes. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way. Well, Especially when it's cold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pulled back or something and then 
the holy shot. You can kind of cheat it at the, like the wheel mill though. You just go ride the little jumps in the pump track a minute, and you're like loose. Oh yeah, that's the that's the best way, dude. Like pumping transition, I think is the best way to warm up because you all you're doing is just you know getting the muscles and get the, getting the muscles flowing a little bit with a, with a little bit of shock. When you go out and ride like the flat rail in the twenty degree mark, you're like yeah. every bunny hop. You're like I pulled something new that I didn't even know I had. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know I had a muscle back there. I do now, because it really hurts. <laughs> what is that? Oh, shit, man. How did I even pull that? <laughs> and then, since it's so cold that, like, if you do fall and, like, gas yourself, you don't feel it for, like, the first 15 minutes. <laughs> You're just sitting there staring at it. I think blood's going to start coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> if it ever gets warm enough. Yeah, coagulate. I definitely, like... I'm trying to read the rest of that same question because I know I answered the like more important part. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. Like in a different way. And maybe, maybe your, your last point, cause you're asking if it's becomes important in the sense of like not losing yourself to the responsibilities you've taken on. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've always worked throughout my life to not label myself mm-hmm. anything and like aside from a bmxer like i will own that one i I just ride bikes right it doesn't matter what like i don't have a actually i'm gonna address this one a lot of people think i have a strong bias towards only riding street i have no preference like go ride skate park go ride trails go ride street whatever's like the jam Mm -hmm. let's do it cool uh i don't have a bike that i'm comfortable riding trails on these days (laughs) Right. That 13-inch back end is not friendly. Right. How would you not be a BMXer anymore? Like, there's something you can't turn off. Like, I can't look down the street and not see all these things, and it's just BMX is never-ending. Yeah, yeah. Like, I picture quitting riding. It's like, okay, if I quit riding, I'm still going to look at all this stuff the same way and wish I could still do it. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the people that, like, quit – quit where it's just like i don't ride anymore mm-hmm. i moved on to this thing like some of them may have really loved it and some of them will regret it down the road and be the people that like 20 years later are going oh i wish i still rode mm-hmm. to which every single time it's like it's not too late man like get a bike yeah unless you're in a wheelchair oh, go get oh, a bike. back out of your shed right just, yeah or or you're just saying that and that's cool too but like be yeah. real with yourself the funny thing about BMX is it is is it's a choose your own adventure. You know, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. Yeah. You you want to hop on your bike today and not ride it again for like six months? That's cool, man. We'll have a great time. Yeah. But no, I think like a lot of them probably never truly loved it. They like liked it. They had friends that did it. They were okay at it. And then when they stopped, that was it. They're like, all right, cool. Or, or I think there's some kind of uh, risk and reward dynamic that kind of changes too. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy, Greg, that I grew up riding with who was straight up talented, naturally gifted. He rode trails his whole, the whole time I knew him. And then like we were, me and my buddy Eddie were like the younger generation. We were like new school compared to him. He had a standard and um, 
we got pegs on we started grinding stuff and he's like i'm gonna put pegs on and i'm gonna try and ride with you guys and he ended up doing everything we could do you know immediately like it, he was awesome and one day he was messing around and he kind of like he jumped his spine and he like chipped his tooth and i guess it was the second time he had chipped his tooth already mm-hmm. that's it done dude this dude was like turned down and over nice big dirt jump sets you know had all the skills yeah. i was envious of him you know just decide nope i'm good and that's something i think it, you know if he happens to stumble across this and, and hears me talking about him i'd love to interview him about it and how he was able to just just like, stop he just dropped it like nothing yeah i i, had I, I made... don't get it huh i don't get it yeah. like that's what i would love to listen to that because i don't get it yeah yeah and, and that, that's like that weird middle mark and i'm sure whatever he did after that i'm sure he put all of his time and focus into it because you can't shut off that obsession like you can you can reorient it maybe yeah but like if i were to just not ride anymore i would have a large gap in my life to fill yeah <laughs> I think that's how all of us bike riders are. I think so. Yeah. I guess with that said, do you have any 2020 goals? Probably just to keep promoting the scene. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like, if you follow our podcast a ton or uh, even, like, some of the other stuff I've done. Yeah. I have, like, this ongoing existential crisis for Grindworks. Yeah. <laughs> That it's like, is it a company or is it a crew? Mm -hmm. And I've made the decision that it's a crew. Mm -hmm. It's not a company. It doesn't. It doesn't lose money necessarily, but it definitely doesn't make money, mm -hmm. nor is it intended to. Even though initially that probably was part of the goal. Mm -hmm. It started with me breaking my ankle, needing something to do. Right. Like, let's make good pegs because no one else is. Mm -hmm. The only decent, and decent is a stretch, metal peg that was on the market at that point in time was the shadow ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you did one peg chain or grind with them, they were dented to all belief. <laughs> so theory there being <clears throat> if you're deforming metal, all of that energy that should have gone into your grind now transferred into deforming the metal and you lost all of it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's all about the conservation of energy. So like that was our baseline of like, let's just make these overly ridiculously robust pegs that really only we want, mm -hmm. but like we're going to grind everything better than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and they're awesome. And then we made the lighter ones and everyone likes those too, but just like they're good and they're better than a lot of other stuff on the market, but they're not as good as the ones that I'm talking about. The original foundations. Yeah. Um, which I've still got a ton of, which are on my bike right now because I have a ton of them. What, no uh, one wants them. What's the length of them? Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Okay. Well, all right. Get this though. They're mm. 13 ounces a piece. Holy shit. <laughs> But they they are so good. Damn. Um, the 
street lights are 5.6 ounces a piece. Wow, that much of a difference. Yeah. Holy shit. And you, so you think the original ones kind of grind a little bit better? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. They're larger yeah. diameter. Okay. So they're like kind of just take it as like relative roughness. You can grind over everything way easier. Mm-hmm. They're also, they're not bending at all. There's no movement. Mm-hmm. So they're just super rigid and they, they slide um, the street lights, they've got some profiling in them. There's like thicker sections where you're landing on stuff yeah. primarily, but there's a whole section that's pretty light. So depending on how you land in a grind, it may not feel as good mm-hmm. and they're tiny diameter. So they don't like, they feel like they don't slide as good. Dude, I would, I would be cool to see like a, a foundation edit where like you guys grind over some, some heinous stuff. I will send you a link to a clip on Instagram Okay. where we've got all these bridges in Pittsburgh, but they've got a whole bunch that are riveted and there's like rivets this tall. Yeah. I feebled through them. (laughs) It's not like a good clean feeble, but it's three of them. I think before (laughs) I just pulled off. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. It was pretty rough. (laughs) Had a I love grinding through stuff with those. Dude, that's, I think that shit is so cool. Like that one guy um, that was at the Grindworks Jam that Rafa was at. I forget his name in a second. That hangered the the chain flat rail. It's, it's Mitch. Mitch. Mitch Curley. Mitch Curley. That's right. Shout out to him. <laughs> Fucking. He's he's wild. T hanging. Chain link rail. But, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool if you guys did some kind of Grindworks thing. Shit, dude. I could try and put it on one of those heavy pegs and see what I could do with it, too. But, um... I I think you'd love it and hate it. Like, the weight is definitely a, a negative for most people. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'll be perfectly honest here. There's a happy medium on those two pegs. Right. Where it could maybe be like an eight ounce heavy peg and be really sweet. Yeah, totally. And you go somewhere in the middle on the diameter to make that up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If I feel like it, maybe there'll be a V2 foundation where we explore that middle area. Yeah. Maybe you could even take the OG foundations and machine them down into the. I don't know. I I know that I could shave that weight just by dropping the diameter and not reducing the wall thickness. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to see what I can do. <laughs> but um, back to like goals with that. I guess I was just saying like mm-hmm. the whole focus has shifted from like yeah let's let's run this like as a company to like why don't we focus on what the scene is doing and like what other brands like us are trying to do or cruise and like let everyone showcase stuff back to like that whole discussion of uh, tabling the event. I'd like to just continue that. And like, that's the podcast too is all about the scene and just like what's going on, you know, yeah, who's, who, who's doing what I haven't done a ton of interviews with people that don't have like a story or something going on that, someone can learn from or, or do something like that and I know there's a lot of tangents sometimes it's hard to to control that but mm-hmm. 
there's always like something about your scene going yeah. on or, or someone else's scene too yeah uh, and I think that's important totally is. That, that's been my focus though mm-hmm. um, more focused goals like we had the ice house a couple years ago yeah our little indoor DIY I so badly wish I still had a, a spot like that the place would look uh, sick the original place that I was gonna put it mm-hmm. well not the original original the the second time we were looking for a place, that place is like a half mile from here. It's on our main drag right up here. I, if we had done that one, I might have had to keep it because it's right here. Yeah. And it was actually, it was a better spot, like size-wise, but the owner was kind of less down with what we wanted to do. Yeah. Then the guy we ended up running a space from was like, I don't care what you do here as long as you pay your rent on time. That's what's up. <laughs> a lot of questions asked. Shout out to him. <laughs> Do you ever think so, about running a storefront? Like kind of like how you're saying with like the, the kind of supporting the whole scene? Like a curated um, storefront to go along with I, something like that? When we had the park, it was in an old auto garage. Mm-hmm. So it had a storefront and I did, like I bought, when HCS closed, I bought all of their inventory off of them. Wow. And I put it up in there, and I had a store <clears throat> with the park, and it wasn't ever my focus. So like, the short answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really want to get into doing that. Right. I could see maybe repeating what I did there in my house here. Mm-hmm. Out of my, you know, between having the office here and the workshop and stuff, like I could see doing that. That'd be cool. I'd really like to get some ramps or something going. <laughs> uh, That's where the real ones see, see where like finances and everything go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to put a roof on the house too. Damn, that sucked. How much did that run you back? We bought one from like a company that's actually going to warranty it and everything. Yeah. So, it's a. Th- 45 year rated roof with a 30 year warranty on it but i think it was like 25 or so thousand like to do have them come and do everything and do all that and get it all off like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of money it's financed you know it's not like you got to come up with that cash right away Mm -hmm. and it's financed with a deferment so like we had it done in this november december and we don't have to start paying until april wow which is good. Yeah. Kind of wild when you really like look at, you know, you buy a house and you're like, all right, this is what we're going to pay. No, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. There's some unforeseen circumstances that happen once you buy a house. Oh yeah. Nonstop. But I'd like to get some ramps going. Yeah. Whether, whether it's here or somewhere else. Mm hmm. I have another thing I'm going to circle back to in a second. I keep making jokes that may or may not be jokes that Ryder needs a six-foot mini, spine mini in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. And I will say it's a joke because it's not for me. <laughs> for me, I would just build a couple bank ramps and a grind box, call it a day. Low-key, low you're going to dad blossom into like this ramp warrior. If, here's my theory, right? <laughs> If you grow up riding a six-foot spine mini, you're not afraid of anything. No. 
Because it's only going to get smaller for him as he grows. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's two, so this summer he'll be two and a half. <laughs> he'll be ready to rip a six-foot spine mini. <laughs> Here you go. At least start turning around. <laughs> going to feel comfortable. But babe, he's got to drop in from the coping. Well, the downside is I think it'll take up every bit of our backyard. Oh, right, yeah. Because I already sized it out, like a six-foot spine mini, and I only want to do a five-foot street spine on it mm-hmm. with six-foot quarters on the ends. But it'll be about 60 feet long. Wow. Like end of deck to end of deck. Uh-huh. And then it depends on how wide you want to go with it. You know, 40 yeah. feet would be wild and amazing. 40 feet might be a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> A scant 15 might work. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like 24 to 30 feet wide, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think that would be like almost the whole yard. Yeah, you don't have to mow any grass then. You'd be straight. I mean, I'm okay with that. (laughs) But uh, I also have a brick, like, front sidewalk and a brick driveway. Mm -hmm. So a couple little ledges or rails would be cool to have on the brick setup. Yeah, you could just put them in the dirt next to the brick. Yeah. That'd be tight. To make it street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole discussion. But no, uh, <laughs> the, the thing I wanted to go back to that I was saying, mm. when we did the original Ice House, I tried for a while to get them to let me do it at the wheel mill. Mm-hmm. Just like you've got this whole area upstairs that's underutilized. I will pay for everything. I'll do all the work. I don't want to ride for free. Mm-hmm. Just let me make this cool stuff here. And it was a overwhelming no. Mm. It was a, you can give us money and we'll build what we want and put your name on it. And I'm like, not a chance. Mm-hmm. So I would still like to pursue that. But now that I have a two-year-old learning to ride, I hate to start to see what they're talking about, but that space is not underutilized. Mm-hmm. It's differently utilized. Gotcha. It has its place. Yeah. So, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. They've been doing it for a while. Just wish that there was more street stuff, because even their street room is all, it's a quarter pipe, a street spine, a quarter to wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, step up box a vert quarter uh, laid back like they call it a confidence builder quarter <laughs> where the middle is tipped away yeah. so you can't hang up on it <laughs> and then there's there's a down rail mm-hmm. a couple hubbas and like a flat rail across pyramid and that's that's the extent of the street room and it's like wish it was more street yeah, it's a little bit more Metro Jammy kind of. Well, it's, it's a park room. Yeah. Just call it what it is. But, like, you've got the entirety of the place filled with box jumps. Do you really need the step-up box in there, or can we just remove that and do something else? Mm-hmm. Move the spine somewhere that is more spine-like and call it a day. Yeah. That's – I get it, though. Like, like I said, you know, I'm not – dogging on what they're doing either you know have to agree with everything to still support the scene and be stoked to have a place to ride yeah totally you know 
Harrisburg used to have a skate park. Didn't allow bikes. Then it did. Now it's gone. You know? Yeah. I You were just talking about this in your recent podcast with uh, Angus and... Uh, hang on, hang on. Reiner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you moved away right after they started allowing bikes or right before or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they were they were skateboards only. I moved away. They allowed bikes. I moved back. A month later, they go out of business, you know? <laughs> and it was like, I lived right down the street from this fucking place. And like, all my life, skate parks have always been like, like a destination and kind of far away and kind of mm-hmm. had to spend a whole day doing this bullshit and like I would always be so envious of anyone who was able to just go down the street or go in their backyard or whatever and have a little bit of a casual session because I was it just seemed like the best when Steelton opened up I was like yep I'm moving real close by so now I have no excuse to not ride but I still end up only riding once or twice a week yeah but well what is that that's not an indoor though right no it's outdoor okay what is Penn Skate your closest indoor yeah I would probably say so and Penn Skate that, was the first skate park I've ever been or to down to Charm City yeah Charm is the other is the other one that we go to a lot um I haven't gone yet this winter which you know they each have their pluses and minuses yep I think Charm was as cold or colder than it was outside when I was there. That's rough. Yeah, exactly, because it's got, like, that weird warehouse kind of, like, atmosphere inside. They might have my favorite mini ramp I've ridden in a long time, though, just how wide and awesome it is with all the different insets and everything. Yes, that is a bomb mini ramp. I got to agree with you there. And the coping sticks out a little bit, just enough to beg for some pegs. Get a good bump in, bump out. Yeah. Shout out to uh, And their little mini is cool, too. The little spine mini. It's micro up front. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw a video of Chase Dehart ripping that apart along with his son, and I was like, damn, I didn't think you could ride it like that. We had a good session on that thing. Dad life. <laughs> Have you ever tried to hit up other bike riders with sons? To have your son ride with their son? Not really. No. <laughs> I haven't gone full dad life like that yet. <laughs> that one and, video you posted of him ripping around the berm was awesome. Dude, he's he's got it. That's like... At two. That's the thing. <laughs> that's I, I think he's ready for pedals mm-hmm. already. Because he doesn't put his feet down. He like puts them out. Mm-hmm. Or I posted another one where he puts them right up and, like, he just goes until he runs out of speed. Mm-hmm. We were riding out front of the house here the other day, and he, we have a slight downhill. So, like, you can maintain speed. Yeah. You don't have to, like, pedal or do anything. And he got going, threw his feet up, and we went all the way down to the dead end before he put his feet down. I'm like, dude, the only reason you're putting them down is to gain speed. I need to get you a pedal bike. Yep. He's ready. He's ready. Hell yeah. That's the 2020 goal right there. That That is the 2020 goal, is to, <laughs> to ride more bikes with with the sun. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's going to be pitching in bottle caps. <laughs> no, like, grindworks, grindworks-wise, like, mm. 
continue doing the jams. The thing I've been most stoked to do since I moved into this house mm-hmm. is to set up a ser- an area to pour wax again. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because when I was up in New York, it was easy. We just went out and did it wherever, like in the at the shop, down at HCS, mm-hmm. at Cam's house, at my parents' house. It didn't matter because it was easy to do. When we moved to Pittsburgh, now I'm on the seventh. Well, when we moved down, I was on the eighth floor of that apartment complex. Yeah. And the only place that I could pour it was on my kitchen table. And it was all carpeted under it. So it's like if you have an accident, it's real rough. Right. So I ended up with cardboard boxes everywhere, poured 20 pounds of wax. Oh, my God. And it took three or four days to do it. So, like, the whole kitchen dining room was off limits Mm -hmm. while we did that. And then it was like, all right, we can't do this here again. This sucks. Yeah. So then I had the ice house, and I poured two times there. Yeah. 20 pounds each time. Making bars of wax? Yeah. Okay. Uh. And then when we, when we got rid of the ice house, I was like, man, I don't have a place to do this now. Because with Ryder, I can't just, I can't quarantine off the dining room. Mm-hmm. But now I got a, like a workshop. Yeah. I just uh, make my ideal wax pouring station and go. Hell yeah. That's what's up. That, and I want to want to make a couple new molds. Mm. Get a little bit more frisky with mold making and play with it. Do some silicone molds. I know we just blew trade secrets here, but we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> or not. <laughs> you I think you can get um molds made fairly cheaply, but they're like the harder plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, depending on your design might not work out. But, right or whether you even just want to deal with it yeah because like i've got the, my machine shop connections too i could get like really nice metal ones made if i really wanted to yeah and it's like do i it's like is, is, is the wax worth it no <laughs> but it's fun to have anyway exactly <laughs> it's it's one of the cheap like cost of making it mm-hmm. if you don't factor your labor yeah it costs practically nothing. Mm. But then we undercharge based on how much work it really takes to do it. Yeah. Like if, if you got one cupcake pan mm. and you can do six things of wax at a time, you got an hour and a half cure before you can pop them out every single time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might be doing something else while it's curing, but the time it took you to melt all that wax is, is in there. Yeah, and like I said, like mine was, I don't know, like days to do twenty pounds. Oh yeah, it was it was completely blocking your whole kitchen up. Yeah, and it was it was like I had multiple sets of of pans, mm-hmm. and I was moving wax, but man, right. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna be trying to get this mold thing going though see how i can do the silicone ones because then you can just proof some stuff out of wood and shape it to how you want it to look and mold it Mm -hmm. kind of go from there 
That's sick, man. Well, I'm excited yeah, for the man. future and seeing how that goes. Try to do some more new stuff instead of sit on the same old. You're good at that. You got <laughs> new, new ideas all the time. Dude, thanks. I've... We, we always had this idea that we weren't going to do anything gimmicky. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you look around and you're like, most of BMX is gimmicky in some way or another. Like, yeah. Everyone's ripping someone else's stuff. <laughs> One way or another. And if you try to write it off completely, you won't do anything. Yeah. And just because I think something gimmicky doesn't mean that someone else isn't going to be stoked on it. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to uh, that Mike Hinkins podcast with Andy Kent? Yes. Where he talked about how he was always waiting for the the perfect 180 setup to rail so he could fakey crook down yeah. it or something like that. And he never found it because you... He had it in his head that you had to do it that way. He was talking about that. I think it was in the Gerber podcast too, because he did that fakey nollie to pegs down that handrail. Mm-hmm. It, but he he did the flat ground one eighty before it, and it was that was like the top talking point. I think. Yeah. It's like you can you can only be so proud before you realize that it's 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 a hindrance in a way. I think that's the same topic to discuss as like people saying grass landings don't count. Mm. You're like, if you do, if there's two rails on the same stair set and one of them puts you into grass and the other puts you to concrete, like doing the one into grass is cheating. Yeah. It doesn't really count. But if that only has rails to grass, like that setup that's the setup that's what it is there's yeah. no other option at that spot so how does that not count yeah like you rode that spot yeah and and it's a bmx bike it's you're literally anything you can roll away from is what you can get away with yeah well in like rail hops into grass and stuff like yeah. what what other option like that's the spot that's what's here i'm sorry there's not a whole bunch of broken glass at you know waiting for me here <laughs> It just happens to be grass today. That would be hilarious to be like, well, I know this landing is to grass, and then like shatter some bottles there and be like, but I had to make it street. Yeah. And then went into the glass. Or like, what if like you kept on doing uh, crazy rail hop maneuvers, but it was always on the same rail hop that went to grass? Like, I could see that being like frustrating or annoying. But... Yeah. Like, if you like... never did any other rail hop or some shit, but. I mean, that's just like running through your bag of tricks on the same spot, and it's like, that's your warm-up spot now. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think you get to put all those in a video. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then if you do, it's like, it's going to be perceived that way. It's like, oh, that's his warm-up spot. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, none of this was hard for you, was it? (laughs) We're two hours deep, man. I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Yeah, no problem. Gotta work on some forms after this, I think. Oh, shit. Forms for what? Uh, helping out Johnny with his, like, custom frame order form. Oh, cool. Very cool. So, I'll get on that and get that done for him, and hopefully he can be off doing his own thing. So, he should be tabling the the gym this year, I'd hope. Dude, that would be sick. All right. Yeah, we'll... Maybe we'll flip this someday yeah. soon and get you on, on here. 
Sure, yeah. Hopefully I didn't bore anyone with answers. No, I think we did pretty good. All right, man. Yep. Take Have a good night. All I want to do is ride around shining while I can afford to clean the ice on my neck so I don't get nauseous. Float around in the greatest of Porsches. Feel like a chuck wagon because I'm on 12 horses. And the three behind mine, they be the clicks. So much ice in they rollies. They shit don't tip, man. Winter through the summer. Kill us what it cost me while I'm shoveling the snowman. Call me Frosty. This is a $100,000 kitted German driver with big rims and low pro tires. Fucking with college bitches with innocent. Looks like Maya. Corrupt their mind, turn them to liars. I groom them well. Dior whore. Christian LaCroix. Keep gun stash under the floorboard, enough to start world war.